Ken said I would look uh, camouflaged if I stood near the tree. So I didn't know if that worked or not, but I thought I'd try it. Um, hopefully, as you see this jacket that I have on just for a short moment, uh, it made you smile. Uh, maybe it made you even think of vintage Christmas. Uh, I know I, I get sort of nostalgic uh, this time of year thinking about uh, Christmas when I was a kid. And um, I really, I wanted to wear this coat for a moment just, again, to make you smile. Because it's, it's been a tough a uh, few months uh, all over our nation, and um, you know a lot of people are hurting, not only economically but all, also health-wise, and so uh, we definitely want to remember them, and and we we understand why some people can't be here, and um, so again, hope hopefully it brought a smile to your face. I'm gonna tell you a couple of stories just to hopefully make you laugh. Uh, one, if you turn your attention to Virginia uh, in our congregation for a moment. Um, I had this coat in my office last week, and she looked and she said, do you actually wear that? And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I told Virginia, I said, I ain't scared. So, uh, so, so she gets to see proof positive. But the other funny thing, uh, last week, I walked in uh, to Pastor Zach's office, and if you could have saw his face when I had this jacket on, and I said, Zach, I said, uh, I bought this jacket at TJ Maxx. It was on clearance after Christmas last year. And he goes, you actually paid for that jacket? So, yes, I did. And it was worth the $6 I paid for his reaction. So, Zach, uh, I know you're watching, so uh, hopefully it makes you laugh. If you're wa uh, Those of you that are watching online, um, if you like the jacket, you can, uh, you can post that. But uh, we, we are glad to have you online with us uh, this morning. Uh, we're, the last few weeks, guys, we've been uh, talking about the Lord's Prayer. I hope it's been as encouraging and uh, applicable in your life as it has been for mine. And uh, I had the privilege of starting the series. And, you know, the P stands for praise and worship. And hopefully uh, that's something that you have put into your prayer life. And then the, the next week it was on repentance, and that's a very important thing where we make sure we're right with God uh, so that we can be connected to him. And then uh, after you get those two things, uh, Zach last week talked about asking. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't have because we don't ask of God, and so asking is important. Uh, this morning we're going to look at the, the letter Y, and uh, the Y actually will stand for yield, and if I was, if it would have spelled right, we would have probably put this letter before the A, but uh, it didn't fit with the acrostic, so uh, when you're looking at the pattern that Jesus gave us, though, um, the Y would come uh, after your uh, worship and repentance, uh, the Y comes, so we're going to look at the Y, and the Y, again, stands for yield. And, and I'll, I'll share this as we get ready to look at this message. If I yield, then he will build. If, if I yield, if I yield to God, then he's going to build. And what I'm, I'm talking about here, he's going to build his kingdom. And he's going to build it, and you're going to build treasure in heaven. Uh, uh, Matthew 7 talks about that, the wise man that built his house on the rock. Uh, so we're talking about kingdom principles here, 
And we're going to be talking about all morning yielding to God when it comes to prayer. And um, so in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, you can go ahead and turn there. Uh, I'm going to actually be reading the New King James Version this morning. But I want to give you a definition of what the word yield means. And, and there's a couple of definitions. And we're going to be looking a lot today at Peter and his definition of yield and Jesus and his definition of yield. And so let me give you what Jesus would say yield looks like according to uh, Webster Dictionary as well. It says, yield, to surrender or relinquish to the physical control of another, to hand over possession of, okay? Uh, Jesus uh, showed that his entire life. He was always willing to yield to the Father. The second part of that definition can mean this, and this is where Peter and where we sometimes uh, we uh, give into our flesh ourselves. Uh, it also can mean to give oneself up to an inclination, temptation, or habit. Don't you feel that battle all the time? You you battle a temptation, you battle a habit, and God's wanting you to submit to Him, and it's a daily struggle. It's a it's a hard thing. You know, I had a, a friend of mine call me last night. And he has struggled with cigarettes and, and smoking for a long time. And uh, he called me and said, you know, I finally believe I've given that over to God. He said, I've been 10 days without a cigarette. It's the longest he's, at, he's ever went. Uh, he's trying to practice just yielding the things that God wants him to yield to him. And so in uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, we're only going to look at one line in the Lord's Prayer. And before I share that line, I'm going to give you a statement. Um, this statement was given by Andy Stanley, and I, I like it, so I'm going to uh, use it. I'll give him credit. But Andy Stanley says this, The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will to his will. I'll read it one more time. The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will to his will. So we're going to be talking about yield this morning, and I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably one of the most difficult things you will do when you pray, is to say, God, I don't want my way, I want your way. So verse 10 says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so Jesus is setting a pattern for us. And he says, when we pray, when we, we really get in right attitude and right hard to pray, our attitude and our heart must be, hey God, no matter what you want, that's what I want. Not my way, but your way. Not only do I want it so bad, I want it to be just like heaven down on the earth. That's an amazing prayer. That's a challenging prayer. Matter of fact, I would even say, and this is my line, but for us to get to the point of yield, this is the, the line I'll share. This is the battle line for all prayer. This is where the blood and sweat 
the work happens. This is the battle line. So I know you know this, but it's a battle to pray. I, to pray like I'm talking, not just to pray and not have any heart behind it, not to have any God's will be done. But when you really pray in the right way, the pattern that Jesus laid out, it's work. I, I don't know if you've been this way. I know you have. You'll be praying, and all of a sudden, you'll start thinking about just something stupid. I mean, doesn't that happen to you? The enemy wants to get you off track because prayer is when you bring the very kingdom of heaven down on the earth. That's where it happens. So when you find it so difficult to pray, remember this. It is a battle line. It is a battle line. You are going into the very battle. You are fighting the devil himself when you pray. And that's why it's so hard for us to yield. And so Jesus says that famous line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So to illustrate this point, hopefully more uh, graphically, uh, we're going to look at a passage. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Garden of Gethsemane because I think it really brings home this point. Uh, and it's, we're going to be looking at, I've got a, a gnat driving me crazy, so uh, I rebuke that gnat in Jesus' name. Maybe he'll let it go. Um, but we're going to be looking at the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and I want to share something with you. Very few times in the Gospels, very few times, will you see a story in all four Gospels. So when you see it in all four Gospels, you need to pay close attention. God wants you to get a lot of lessons from what he's trying to teach. And so in Matthew, uh, when you look at Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, the Garden of Gethsemane is in there. It's a very strategic, a very important time uh, for the Son of God and, and an important lesson for us to learn. And we're going to be looking at just a few verses, but I'm going to share with you some things that we see. And I'm going to use a couple of things. But as I get ready to share this, we're going to be looking at the difference between Peter. Now, this is a styrofoam cup. Uh, I shared last service. This cup came from Pals yesterday. Uh, and we're going to be looking at a chalice or a king's cup uh, that I got, uh, a handmade cup uh, from a pottery place at Myrtle Beach probably 25 years ago. And hopefully we'll see the contrast. But as we look at this, this is the contrast. And we're talking about yielding. Uh, I brought this pal's cup for an illustration. I mean, this is a cheap cup. I'll throw it away when we leave service today. But yesterday, me and my daughter went with probably uh, the entire population of Southwest Virginia and Bristol and wherever else they came from, and uh, we were out shopping. You know, Christmas brings out shoppers, and everybody, I, I don't even know where they all come from. I don't. But anyway, we were out shopping, and um, as a reward, uh, my kids know if you go shopping with Dad, usually there's some kind of ward at reward and she likes pals and I say honey you hungry she said I'm okay and I said you want a razzleberry tea she loves razzleberry tea and I said you want a large Frenchie fry she said yeah so we went into pals and when we went in there um 
I discovered something. I, I knew this in South Carolina because I'm from South Carolina. People can't drive in South Carolina. I, I knew that. Uh, I, I can't drive, so I knew uh, other people can't drive. But we went in Powell's, and I was turning right to get out of Powell's. And again, population, traffic, unbelievable. And lo and behold, there was a big truck that decided he was going to make a U-turn. Well, right at the same time I'm trying to go my right-of-way, I had the right-of-way, this truck simultaneously, I mean, rips a U-turn. I mean, he, he's no holds barred. I, as I'm turning out, I mean, we came within a half inch of hitting each other. I mean, I had to slam my brakes on. And he swerved the car to get not to hit me. My daughter's eyes got big, and she was like, Dad, that was close. And it, it made me think, you know, people don't want to wait. They don't want to yield. In traffic, that's true. At Christmas time, it's very true. I experienced that at Powell's. Uh, thankfully, it didn't end badly for either one of us. But that's the struggle that we're, we're going to have when it comes to prayer. God sometimes... Well, all the time he's going to ask you to yield, and sometimes he's going to ask you to wait. Sometimes he's going to say no. And what God's interested in is, are you willing to submit to him? And so in looking at uh, Luke chapter 22, um, and, and before we look at that, Peter, three different times, I'm going I'm to share the verses, but I'm not going to go to the... Uh, all the, the chapters, but in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 33, in Mark chapter 14 and verse 29, and then in Luke 22 and verse 33, Peter says the exact same thing over and over and over. And this is what he says. Jesus, I'll do anything you say. I'll die for you, Jesus. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'm yielded to you, God. But in Mark chapter 14 that I was reading this morning, I, I noticed this. When Jesus tells the disciples, hey, you guys are all going to deny me. You're all going to run from me. When things get tough, you're gone. Peter goes, no, I'll never do that, Jesus. And Jesus goes, Peter... You're going to deny me three times before the night is over. You know what Peter did? <laughs> Jesus, I won't do that. I'll do anything for you. Well, we know the story. Um, you know, Peter should have known by this time, Jesus never lied. He always told the truth. He was a prophet. He knew what would come true. But Peter's pride got in his way. And a lot of times for us, for me, my pride gets in the way. And I, I can tell you, every time that I don't yield to God, it's because of me and my pride. Always. And so, three different times, you know, Peter said, I'll go to both prison and to die. And yet, when we look at the story of Jesus and we're... We're uh, looking at the Garden of Gethsemane in that cha uh, same chapter in Mark 14, 36. You know what Jesus said 
every single time. Now in John, it's condensed version, so you don't see the whole prayer, but you see the garden. But in the other three Gospels, Jesus says this every single time, just like Peter says the opposite. Jesus says, Abba, Father. He's doing it, our Father who art in heaven like we, we learned. He goes, Abba, Father. All things are possible for you. All things are possible for you. Please take this cup from me. I know what the cup represents. I know it means suffering. I know it means the cross. I know it means that you will forsake me so that everybody that comes to find Jesus can be free of their sin. Please, God, take it from me. But what does he do? Not my will, but your will be done. It was so important to Jesus that when he went to the garden, he spent all night in prayer battling this battle line. Not my will, but your will be done. You know, I've read these Gospels over and over this story. And that was the prayer. The whole time, the prayer. What he was doing, God! Take this cup from me. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to do this. But God, I'm battling. I'm, I, I got to yield to you, God. I got to yield to you. Not my will, God. Your will be done. It was a battle. And as I said earlier, the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will to his will. And so what's amazing to me even after Judas left the night at the dinner in the upper room, even though Jesus knew that what Judas was going to do, betray him, Jesus went to the very garden that he knew, Judas knew where he was going. Even then he was going, God, not my will, but your will be done. Boy, God, I don't really want to go to the garden because I know what that's going to mean for me. But I'm going to do it anyway. I, I'm just going to yield to you. I'm going to, I'm going to fight my flesh. I'm not going to be prideful. I'm going to be humble. And I'm going to walk with you, God. You know, it was different for the rest of the Jews. You remember their reaction when uh, they realized that Jesus was not going to set up an earthly kingdom. Now again, we're going to verse 610. It says, not my will, but let your kingdom come on the earth. I don't, it doesn't, it's not about me. Um, and yet when the Jews realize that his kingdom is not going to be on the earth, they say this in John 19, verse 15. We have no king but Caesar. And the very people that worship God the day before, they say, we have no king but Caesar. They're holding up this paper cup. We have no king. Crucify him. Crucify him. And even Peter, the same cup, he was so arrogant, he would do anything for Jesus. But when he was in the garden, you remember what he did? 
You can look at it in, in, in the Gospel of Luke, this exact account. Peter goes, I'll die with you, Jesus. And then the soldiers come. You know what Peter does? Shall we strike with the sword? And before he listens to what Jesus says, he grabs the sword and he strikes. Was he willing to yield? Not that night. Peter was battling the paper cup, the flesh. He even battled in the garden when Jesus says, hey, Peter, let's look at it. He says to Peter in uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. 39, let's look at it. This is what it says in the gospel. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed in his, his usual place. His disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Remember Zach preaching last week, Deliver us from evil. A lot of times it's ourselves we battle. Here's Jesus. Let me give you another pattern for prayer. Hey guys, I already know what's going to happen. If you'll yield to me, it won't happen, but I already know you're going to yield to yourself. So what does he say? He says in verse 40, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony. You hear the battle line? Being in agony. He prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. When you read the original text, it says that Jesus was so engrossed in his prayer, so dedicated in his prayer, that he was prostrate on the ground and he was crying out. I don't know if you've been there, but when you have a great need and a great burden, I've seen people, and you're like, wow, that's praying right there because their heart so wants God to, to intervene and heaven to come down from the earth. That was Jesus that night. And it was so graphic that medically they said his capillaries broke in his body and he began to bleed. When I said the statement earlier, this is the blood and sweat of prayer, this is the battle line, it was for Jesus. And he was praying and there was blood everywhere. I don't know about you, but I've never seen that picture in the Bible where I saw it, somebody drew it. I hope I see that one day because that is what yielding looks like to God. And so in verse 45, when we read it, it says, or excuse me, verse 46, because 45, they were sleeping. Verse 46 says, Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The second time he's going, Battle your flesh, yield, yield, yield. But, you know, we struggle with that. You know, Satan wants us to always accept our flesh. You know, in Isaiah 14, it tells the story of Satan. I'm going to read that. It's incredible. Satan, in Isaiah 14, this is what Satan did. 
and what he always tries to make us do. In Isaiah 14, you can look at it later. The verse says, Satan says, I will ascend to heaven and I will exalt my throne above God's throne. And you know what God did? He kicked Satan out of heaven. But the struggle is, it's my will. It's my way. It's my way or the highway. Isn't that what we say a lot of times? And God's going, no, no. It's thy will be done. So it's a difficult thing. Again, it was something Jesus struggled with all night to let go of. You know, when I was looking at uh, Jesus and the way he prayed, I thought, you know, the Bible tells you God already knows what you need before you ask. And when you look at Jesus, when he usually prays, when he asks, it's a short little prayer. You know why? Because he's battled with the yielding part. And once you're agreed with God, then God's going to uh, answer your prayer because it's going to be according to his will. That's why when you pray prayers like, God, give me wisdom, you know you can pray that in confidence because the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So I like to pray the prayers I know God's going to answer and give me. But the battle is to yield. And so, my question for us today, are you willing to yield in prayer to Him? You know, James, the brother of Jesus, it took him a long time to figure out who Jesus really was. But when he did, you know what he says in his account? In James chapter 4 it says, If it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. You ain't going to do anything unless God allows it. The Bible says God holds your breath. If God wants to take your breath before we even leave, he wants to take my breath, I'm done. It's if it's the Lord's will, whether you'll do this or that. And so to um, begin to finish this message, it's one simple truth, but it's a hard truth. Like I said, it was so hard for Jesus, he spent all night wrestling and battling his flesh. I want to I give you a quote. I think it's a good one. Uh, matter of fact, I'm just going to say this. If you're online, I think this is a quote you could tweet. Um, your connectivity to God leads to the activity of God. Your connectivity to God leads to the activity of God. Now, what do I mean by that? The Bible that I read, the Bible that you read, says, if we pray anything according to God's will, he'll do it. The problem is a lot of times I struggle and don't pray things according to his will. You know, Amos 3.3 says, if anyone uh, is agreed, they'll walk together. That's the confidence you can have in prayer once you have yielded. 
So Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. And here's a question I want to ask you. And it's a hard question. It's a question that I battle a lot in my relationship with God. Can you accept no for an answer? Can you accept that? Sometimes I don't understand. I don't. I've had people I've prayed for and begged God for to heal. I can remember a lady that had cancer, had kids. I begged God, God, please heal her. It was a bad situation with the, the dad. I knew what it would mean. She died. And God said no. can't say that I really understood that. I can't even tell you that my heart was okay with that. But God's trying to teach me. I must be willing to yield and say, God, not what I want, but what you want. Last two things I'm going to say, and we're going to be done. Until you can surrender and trust God, you have not yielded to Him. Until you can surrender and trust God, you have not really yielded to Him. I don't know where you're at in your relationship to God today. This is something, again, I'm, I'm just being honest with you, I battle. I battle it. But I know when I'm really right with God and when I'm really walking with God, I truly want to yield to him. And, you know, Jesus didn't want to endure the cross. He, he didn't. Again, you can look at the prayer. He begged God, God, please, is there any other way? But ultimately, what Jesus knew and what the Bible teaches, sometimes we won't understand everything. But Jesus knew that the cross was going to be a, a light. Christmas time, we talk about a light. Jesus knew that the cross was going to be a light to a broken and hurt world. He knew Jesus was going to be a light. And he knew why he had to go to the cross because he knew in 2020 the whole world would be suffering a world pandemic called COVID, and he knew that some of you, like one of my friends this week that couldn't see their loved one that passed away because of COVID, and they couldn't say goodbye, he knew that, and he went to the cross for you and I. So my, my hope and my desire and God's desire for you this morning that you will say, not my will, God, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. What a Savior. What a Messiah. What a God. That you would come down to the earth and love 
us. God, we're so wicked. We're so evil. We struggle so much. God, I, I fall on my face all the time. And God, we all do. And yet you keep coming back and loving us in your grace and in your mercy. And God, even like Peter, God, you went to him and said, Peter, do you love me? And you restored him, God. You're the, the God of restoration. And so, God, I know there's many that need hope this morning. I know there's many that need restoration. God, help us as the body of Christ to be the true light in all the world. May Southwest Virginia see the light on the hill, not because our church is on the hill, but God, you are on the hill. And so, God, that's my prayer, that's my heart, that's uh, Zach's heart, God, that's our body's heart, that, God, you would be glorified, and you alone. We pray this, God, in the name of all names, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.